It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Feed Me. And thank you for joining us as always. Well, I guess I'm going to take this in baby steps. Each day, I get just a little bit better. I was oh so close to a winning day on Friday, but let's recap the losing card for you. In college basketball, I go two and two. The number five and a half was kind to me. I had Boise State minus the five and a half at San Jose State. They were down. They rallied. They won. They covered, and I cashed. Then I had UConn minus the five and a half at Butler. They were down, they rallied, they won, they covered, and I cashed. Yeah, I kind of like that trend. You also backed that UConn play on Twitter, so thank you for the votes and thank you for the winner. Then in the MAAC, well, it did not work out for me. I lost both bets there. I had Siena plus the five against Fairfield, and when you bet on the third worst team at all of college basketball, yeah, not a shock. It didn't work out for me. That's the equivalent, once again, of betting on IUPUI. Ugh, don't do that again. I had Canisius plus the two and a half at Mount St. Mary's. In the final minute, they had ample opportunities to win or take the lead. They didn't do it. Unfortunately for me, they didn't even cash the plus two and a half as I lost that ticket. I would have had a winning day, but unfortunately, the coin flips went the wrong way. So I lose in both the NBA and the NHL. But now, let's get to the card for Saturday. It's a big one. I have eight games in college basketball, but we start in the National Football League. And I guess we have some system plays here. Both games are home underdogs. So I'm on Baltimore plus the three against Pittsburgh, and I'm on Indianapolis plus the one and a half against Houston. However, I'm also going to touch both of these games from a handicapping perspective I still have no idea how the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game is going to be played. I do know Tyler Huntley will be at quarterback for the Ravens. Will we see the starters for just the first quarter, the first half? I'm not exactly sure. I do know this, though. The Ravens are always good in the preseason, so they do have quality depth on that roster. I'm not the biggest believer in the Steelers. This is still a rival that the Ravens can eliminate. The Steelers have won six of seven games against the Ravens, including a 17-10 to 10 win this year. So I think Baltimore is actually going to be excited for this game. I'm actually going to play the first half in this game. The Ravens are getting a half a point. I think they have the lead at halftime, or they're tied at least. So give me Baltimore in the first half plus the half a point. Then game number two, I'm just going to double up on it. I'm on the Indianapolis Colts plus the one and a half against Houston. Welcome to the playoffs, I guess. Win and you're in. Lose and you go home. The Texans are the favorite, and they appear to be the popular pick based on what I'm seeing out there. Houston ranks 13th, giving up just 20.9 points per game. The Colts rank 24th, giving up 24.5 points per game. So defensive edge to Houston. The teams are very similar in offense. The Colts are averaging 23.6 points. The Texans, 22.1 Both offenses have a strength that is also the defensive strength, so that should be interesting to see how that plays out. The Colts won the first meeting on the road this season, 31-10. That was CJ's just second game of the year. In that game, though, he tossed for 384 yards, so that was a good performance. Gardner Minshew came in in relief. 
He threw for 171 yards once he replaced Anthony Richardson. Strout is 2-4 and four on the road this season with losses that include the likes of the Jets, the Panthers, and the Falcons. His QB rating on ESPN is 23 points lower when on the road. Meanwhile, Gardner Minshew is 4-2 and two at home this season. The losses have been to the Saints and the Browns. His QB rating is 15 points higher at home, according to ESPN. So once again, I'm playing this game twice. Give me the Indianapolis Colts plus the one and a half against Houston. Next up on the card, we go to the prop bets. And tomorrow, we will discuss all the contract incentives in play. But really, on Saturday, the playoffs are on the line. So I don't expect the Texans to adjust things to really get the ball to Dalton Schultz more or run Devin Singletary more. I think it's a normal game plan. So we're going to start at wide receiver. My lone prop in the Steeler game, it's going to be Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh over the 36 and a half yards receiving at Baltimore. So Mason Rudolph has given George Pickens most of the love the last two weeks. Pickens has 15 targets, 11 catches, and 326 yards. Yeah, monster yardage numbers there. So one would think starters are no starters. The Ravens' sixth-ranked pass defense will do everything possible to take Pickens out of this game. That should open the door for Deontay Johnson. Nine targets, six catches, and 91 yards over the last two weeks. So one good week, one bad week. Johnson has gone over this number in three of the last four. I think it's his week. So let's go over here with Deontay Johnson over the 36 and a half yards receiving for Pittsburgh. Next up, we go to running back, and this is going to be an interesting one. It's Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis over the 14 and a half yards receiving against Houston. So odd play, no doubt. Taylor has just three targets, two receptions, and 14 yards receiving total over the last four games. Yeah, 14 yards in four games, and yet I expect him to go over 14 and a half in this one. First five games of the year, though, Taylor went over this number in four of five with his long reception going over this number in three of those catches. Houston is the second best, allowing just 3.3 yards per attempt on the ground. I think the passing game might be one of the best ways to get the ball to your most explosive player. Zach Moss had four receptions in the first meeting against Houston when Taylor was out. So I'm going to back Taylor this time around. Give me Jonathan Taylor over 14 and a half yards receiving for Indianapolis. Next up at quarterback, oh, I went back and forth on this one. The unders are probably the play, but I'm going to go over. It's Gardner Minshew over the 237 and a half yards passing against Houston, of course. So the Texans, like I just said, can stop the run. The Texans have the ability to score fast. That could give them the ball a little bit more. So both things, to me, point to the passing prop. Minshew has gone under in three consecutive games. Prior to that, he went over in three consecutive games. The computer numbers tell me to bet the under, but I don't like to do that. I'm not going to do it. Over it is. Give me Gardner Minshew over the 237 and a half yards passing for the Colts. Then your first quarter under system plays. I don't like them, but I bet them. I'm on the Ravens and the Steelers first quarter under the six and a half at a minus 102. And I'm on the Texans and the Colts under the nine and a half at a minus 115.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next up on the card, we go to college basketball. Our, I'll start with my first four bets, and these are the ones I posted on Twitter. So these are my top four on the card. We start with Baylor, minus the four and a half at Oklahoma State. So it's the Big 12 opener for both teams. Oklahoma State is 8-5 and five on the season with losses to Abilene Christian, St. Bonaventure, Notre Dame, Creighton, and Southern Illinois. They've won five straight, but their best win this season is over Oral Roberts. Baylor enters this game at 11-2 with losses to Michigan State and Duke. They have good wins over Auburn, Florida, and Seton Hall. The Bears are the third-best team in offensive efficiency in the country, so I'm going to lay the points here on the road. Give me the Baylor Bears minus the 4.5 at Oklahoma State. Next up, it's Kentucky plus the 3.5 at Florida. So this is the SEC opener for both. Florida's 10-3 on the season with losses to Virginia, Baylor, and Wake Forest. They have wins this year over Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Michigan. Not the greatest, I guess. Kentucky is 10-2 and on the season with losses to Kansas. Then that annual non-conference head-scratcher losing to UNC Wilmington. They have wins over Miami and North Carolina, which has me thinking that this team has some high upside this year for Coach Cal. The Wildcats have actually won five consecutive games in Gainesville. Maybe scares me a little bit. The Gators will be ready but I can't pass up three and a half points with these Wildcats. Kentucky is the ninth best team in the country in offensive efficiency. I hope they show it tonight. Give me Kentucky plus the three and a half on the road at Florida. Next up, it's Kansas State minus the four and a half against UCF. So this is the Big 12 opener for both and welcome to the conference UCF. UCF is nine and three on the season with losses to Miami, Stetson and Old Miss. Their best win was probably against Lipscomb. They have a very, very cupcake schedule strength of 336th in the nation. Kansas State is 10-3 on the year with losses to USC, Miami, and Nebraska. They have good wins over Providence and Villanova. Nothing has been easy for these Wildcats this year, but they still play good defense. They're ranked 41st in the country. They've played the tougher schedule. They have the better wins, and they have the home court edge. I'm going to back K-State in this one. Give me Kansas State, minus the four and a half against UCF. Next up, it's USC, minus the three and a half against Stanford. Stanford is seven and six on the year. They're now two and one of the Pac-12 conference after that shocking win over Arizona, followed up with a nice road win at UCLA. The Cardinal hit 16 three-pointers against Arizona. Then they won a completely different game against UCLA, limiting the Bruins to 52 points. 
A freshman has clearly sparked this team, but we'll see if it can last. The computer numbers actually like Stanford in this game, but USC is a disappointing 7-7. December was a month to forget for the Trojans. 1-5 record with the lone win over Alabama State. Oh, boy. USC finally picked up their first Pac-12 win of the season in January by defeating Cal by 8 thanks to 53% shooting. It's a short number at home. I'm going to back the more talented team and hope they actually perform for once. Give me the Trojans of USC, minus the three and a half at home over Stanford. Then four bonus games in college basketball. Big card, obviously, here on Saturday, so I liked a little more than normal. We start in the Missouri Valley. It's Southern Illinois, minus the two and a half at Illinois State. So both teams are two and one in the Valley, but the Salukis are 97th in the Ken Palm numbers and have a top 100 defense. Illinois State is ranked 209th in the Ken Palm numbers, and they have the 285th ranked offense. So I think points will be a challenge today for the Redbirds. So give me the Salukis of Southern Illinois, minus the two and a half at Illinois State. Next up, we go to the Big Ten. It's Wisconsin, minus the six and a half against Nebraska. Well, I'm always wrong when it comes to Wisconsin, so I will say nothing. I'm just going to bet on it and wanted to let you know. Next up, we go to the SEC. It's Alabama, minus the 13 at Vanderbilt. So I put in a couple long shots to win conference titles this week. Alabama plus 700 was one of them. Ken Palm has the Crimson Tide ranked sixth in the country, highest ranked SEC team, and yet they're the fifth betting choice going into conference play. Plus 700, that was too good for me to pass up. I'm not sure what happened after their Arizona loss, but I like it. Alabama was favored by 24 over Eastern Kentucky and won by 44. They were favored by nine over a solid Liberty squad and won by 45 on a neutral floor. The Tide are the top-ranked team in offensive efficiency, and it appears that they plan to run it up and leave no doubt the rest of the way. Vanderbilt is 5-8 and eight on the season. They've lost to Presbyterian and Western Carolina. They've lost to Boston College by 18, Texas Tech by 22, San Francisco by 13, Arizona State by 15. Yeah, give me Alabama. Roll Tide. I'm on the Crimson Tide, minus the 13 at Vanderbilt. Then my final college basketball game on the card. I'm all excited, as you can tell. It's Liberty, minus the three at Western Kentucky. So Liberty is 11-4 and in the season. Their losses have been good, though. Not necessarily the Alabama game score-wise, but they've lost to a quality team in Alabama, quality team in Grand Canyon, last year's Final Four team in Florida Atlantic, and then a good Charleston team. They do have wins over Furman, Wichita State, and Vermont. Meanwhile, Western Kentucky is 11-3 in the season. They lost to Wichita State by 10. They lost to Canisius by 8. And they lost to UNC Asheville by 10. Yes, the Hilltoppers have won seven straight. They're playing good basketball, but Liberty has the better offensive and defensive metrics. They've played the tougher schedule. I'll lay the three with the Flames on the road at Western Kentucky. Then my coin flip bets here in the NBA. I have the Knicks and the Wizards over the 238.5. Yeah, tails it is. I'm on the over 238.5 between the Knicks and the Wizards. In the NHL, I selected the Calgary Flames at the Philadelphia Flyers. Total of six in this one. Heads it is again. I'm on the over six between the Flames and the Flyers. So let's recap the monster card here for Saturday. 
your home underdogs in the National Football League. I'm on Baltimore, plus the three against Pittsburgh. I'm on Indianapolis, plus the one and a half against Houston. On the Baltimore game, I'm also on the first half with the Ravens, plus the half a point over the Steelers. Then I'm doubling up, and I'm putting an extra unit on Indianapolis as a handicap play, plus the one and a half against Houston. Your prop bets, I'm on Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh, over 36 and a half yards receiving. I'm on Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, over 14 and a half yards receiving. I'm on Gardner Minshew, over the 237 and a half yards passing for Indianapolis. First quarter unders, Ravens Steelers under the six and a half at a minus 102. Texans Colts under the nine and a half at a minus 115. College basketball, my top four plays. Baylor minus the four and a half at Oklahoma State. Kentucky plus the three and a half at Florida. Kansas State minus the four and a half against UCF. USC minus the three and a half against Stanford. My four bonus games in college basketball. I'm on Southern Illinois. Give me the Salukis minus the two and a half at Illinois State. I'm on Wisconsin minus the six and a half against Nebraska. I'm on Alabama minus the 13 at Vanderbilt. I'm on Liberty minus the three at Western Kentucky. NBA coin flip, Knicks and Wizards over the 238 and a half. NHL Flames and Flyers over the six. Oh boy, that's a lot of talking. That's a lot of listening. I hope we enjoy a great day of sports. I'm all excited for it. As always, everyone, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun, and let's cast some tickets together. Good luck, everyone. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.